0: On today's episode, we're back with part two with my dear friend, the incredible Bob Thompson, who is just a ninja in everything that I know him to be in, whether it's physical fitness, being a father, being a husband, being an entrepreneur, being one of the coldest paid media ninjas in the world. Bob is back. And this time we got into some strategies, some tactics, and some nuggets. So Bob talks about how becoming obsessed with the experience your leads have and running ads that actually work. We talk about this. We break this down. We talk about how measuring your choices just on relationships creates a new level of integrity in your business and life. We talk about Bob's principles of relationships and how he wins the game of communication with intention, which, by the way, if I had to pull out any pin, this is the pin that makes every single paid media thing he touch touches works, and it's incredible. And then the last one is the power of asking really good questions of your ideal clients with examples, questions he asked, how to get all these pieces that make it work. And so today's episode is an incredible listen, and it doesn't even matter if you run paid media. All of these things apply organically with earned marketing, with paid marketing. They apply whether it's Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. So trust me. You're going to want to listen. You're going to want to have a pen and paper. So, without further ado, let's get into the episode. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Mind of George Show. And I'm actually stoked because this time we get to do a part two and it's going to come back to back to you. And I actually think it's only like two weeks for us. Yeah, super quick. Which is like super, super nice because we live together and we happen to do it. And so I'm incredibly excited uh, because my dear friend Bob Thompson's back. And on the first show, we ended up talking about mindset and Uh life and a lot of deep foundational things of like how we think and how we view the world and i was like hey we're gonna get into business and i can't tell everybody like how excited i am we just looked at my whoop. i slept three hours and 27 minutes last <laughs> night because i landed at the airport at like 2 a.m a I podcast all day and then bob's like can i use your office before i'm like yeah and i was like kind of sluggish today and i was like oh i don't want to and then i walk in the office i hear bob And I'm like, God, I fucking love this. Yeah. And then I'm like unpacking and I'm opening up light up signs for the studio. And then I hear you on a sales call. (laughs) And at first I'm like, oh, he's going to do like a 20 minute sales call. He'll be done. Maybe we'll start the podcast early. So I'm doing my thing. And then I'm like, oh, he's in. I'm like, oh, this is a full one hour sales call. I'm like, okay, frequency dial tuned. Mm -hmm. I'm going to (laughs) listen. And I got to listen for basically 40 minutes as uh, I watched you just masterfully actually help somebody. Mm Mm-hmm. And just so easily makes sense as to why you're good at what you do and why you're successful at what you do. And so now I think let's just frame this whole show on business because we (laughs) have an easy way to do it. Um, But I I think now it would be helpful. And we didn't even get too much into it on the last show. But can you explain to everybody kind of what it is that you do when it comes to like the gyms, the marketing, the advertising? Like just give everybody a picture.
1: Yeah, I would say that, and at one point I classified myself as a direct response marketer who happened to own gyms. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't necessarily say that's true. Um, I would say that my entire life at some point since I was 16 has been in fitness. And then now most of what I do is involved in the gym game. So I have like two primary businesses. I have my gyms, which is mostly a franchise now. I still have one location that I own. And at one point I had eight, but I realized pretty quickly as I was scaling, you know, it's very difficult to own multiple locations, you know, having those eight locations and then having a growing, scaling franchise brand. So I was decided at that point in time, I'm going to go focus solely on the franchise. And then also in the last couple of years, um, and most recently towards the end of last year, uh, started doing more consulting for gym owners who are opening up, going to scale their gyms. Um, or, you know, turning around their gyms. So that's really the focus now. And of course there's some other stuff that involve marketing and e com kind of stuff, mostly in partnerships, but it's it's really about growing and scaling gyms and we rely heavily on paid marketing and sales in order to make that happen so that you can actually have a business that is not relying on a one point in time.
0: Yeah. And well, and I think what's an important call out is you rely on paid media to do it aggressively in the beginning mm-hmm. to build a community. Yes. To no longer have to rely just on paid media mm-hmm. so you can leverage owned and earned media.
1: hundred percent. Because like word of mouth is phenomenal. Yeah. It's really difficult for most people to manufacture it. Like I can't predict the amount of referrals I'm going to get and when it's going to mm-hmm. come in. But if I'm opening something up, like I need to grow it fast. Yeah. And if I can grow it fast, get people's attention, get them interested, get them signed up, I'm going to start getting that word of mouth as long as my experience is really good and then I'll have good word of mouth. And then at one point in time, like you're going to shut your ads off yep. and you're fine because yep. you have recurring revenue because that's the model and that's what we want to get people to.
0: Yeah. And I think that's so important. So I want to, I want to talk about this. So like you were just on a sales call, right? Mm-hmm. So this person is opening up a new gym.
1: Yeah. So she's actually, she was part of another gym she's actually an accountant by uh trade has that business got involved in the gyms and actually is leaving a nasty breakup with two other partners but it's a good thing for her she's actually just about to sign a lease and if not find a new location but she's getting ready to open and go from there
0: okay got it so she's going to open a gym so like what is it that like you help her with like for everybody listening right cuz like she's a gym right but yeah. you nailed it you're not like you're a marketer. You're, you're, you're somebody who creates experiences. just Jim happens to be the lens in which you've Mm -hmm. done it. Right. But like the same principles apply to everybody listening to any service-based industry, product-based industry, like things like that. Uh, I just want to tune that in before we start diving into this just so you listen through that lens, Mm -hmm. uh, because it's core functions, right? It's, it's marketing, it's conversions, it's retention, it's, it's, it's all those different pieces. And so, you know, um, yeah, just kind of paint the picture of like what is it that you guys help them do because you're not really a, a marketing agency slash media company, yeah. But yet you own that to own the result. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So we and we we like to be very clear that we are not an agency. Yeah. Because agencies will just get you leads and maybe they'll help you with a little bit more of the process, but that's just one part of the business, and that's actually a problem for a lot of businesses, specifically gyms. But a lot of businesses were like, "All I need to do is just keep making new sales." Yeah. Well, then you're going to be stuck in a trap. And as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, I don't want to have to have to make sales Mm -hmm. every single day in order to actually make some money. Mm -hmm. Especially when you're in an industry where there's some level of consumable, subscription, repeat buyers. So for us, when we bring somebody in, we are really good at that. Like I am 100% the best at running traffic for gyms, getting super high quality, super cheap, high quantity leads. That are like your perfect client but we do that so that you can have that client base be able to then build up the membership base and then actually have a real business now in order to do that we need to coach and consult with the individuals who are owning the gyms in order to develop this you know sales skills in order to develop the delivery skills in order to actually create an experience that people are going to want to go to because that's for tension and that's where a lot of people miss it's like i can get people in but if you don't know how to sign them up and if you don't know how to keep them, you're going to have a really shitty
0: gym. A thousand percent. And 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 there's so many like principal nuances that we're going to unpack in this. Mm-hmm. But with with that one, too, it, it it's so crystal clear for everybody listening that it's never really about the recipe on the menu. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the dish on the menu. It's more the experience yeah. around the whole thing. Right. And 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 I'm going to ask you this question because you're like, I. When I'm starting, I want to get word of mouth, so I'm going to use paid media. I want to yeah. go, I want to build that community, and you're like, I am the best at it, mm-hmm. getting high quantity, high quality, cheap leads. But in order for that to be effective, there's a lot of thought and things that have to go into that. Yeah. So what are the what are some of the things that you believe or that you think about or that you put into that that you think is the reason that your paid ads for gyms or things like that are so effective?
1: Yeah. So I think going back to that. Part of it is my obsession yep. with paydowns, but also, I mean, when I first opened my gym in 2012, yep. I opened it like most other people. Like I didn't have a business background. I really like training people. I had a couple of people that encouraged me to go out on my own. I originally started in actually like a client's basement, which was awesome. And then I was able to find a location. And right when I opened, I was like, oh, okay. Like I don't know how to get clients. Yep. And now I have no other income. I spent all my... I saved up like 20 grand. I opened, I had maybe a 1000 bucks, you know, less than 1000 bucks in my bank account. So I was like, I got to figure out how to get clients. And originally, I was able to, just from, honestly, door knocking, um, making cold emails, cold calls, that's how I originally was able to grow. Once I got them in, I was able to deliver awesome like, service, get people great results, and they would stay. And we'd start getting referrals. I did notice when I opened my second location that that method is not scalable. One, I built myself a job because if I went to my second location, the clients would go to that location and would not go to the other one. And then also, like, it only got me so far. I wasn't able to actually get enough clients for the second location. I was running out of money. So I had to figure out a way. How can I get people to come here without me having to do the manual labor or anything like that? And that's where I figured out paid traffic. Once I understood how it worked, the power of it, I then just went on a rampage and opened up location after location after location. And then, as a result of this, I realized how powerful it was. How powerful, because like the first thing I ever did was I picked up uh, the ultimate sales letter by Dan Kennedy. Mm-hmm. I wrote some sales copy, threw it on Craigslist, got some clients. And that's like where the light bulb moment hit for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, this works. I can actually attract them to me instead of me having to go to them. But once I realized how it can work on a larger scale and learned essentially like Facebook ads and putting an offer out there, I became obsessed with it. And since I had so many locations, and this was the lifeblood of me, like opening locations, scaling locations, bringing in clients. It's one part I never could give up because even when I brought in somebody to kind of help me with it, they would usually drop the ball. Mm-hmm. And then I also found like when you have eight locations, people are looking at you just as like a dollar sign. Mm-hmm. So like they would just give you some sort of crazy thing because they just wanted to get like a whale client. And I was yep. like, all right, I'm not going to be that. This is too important for the business. Yeah. I could, as a gym owner, I could easily. Get somebody who's super passionate about training and helping people and then put them in that role, teach them my system, and they would crush it. I could, they can then get somebody to also manage location, teach people how to do the sales of location, but getting those leads, which was so critical for future and continued growth, I couldn't get anybody to do it at the level that I did. So I just became obsessed with it, immersed with it, and then dove in because I needed to know how to do it. Yeah. And then just realize like the systems that we built work for a variety of different businesses.
0: So my question is, is like, do it at your level. Mm -hmm. What I think I'm hearing you say without you saying it, your level is obsessed about the other people's experience, not how they're running the ads. When you say drop the ball, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming it's dropping the ball and how one of those potential leads or leads would perceive you or your brand. That's part of it. I think that running ads...
1: It's not necessarily if you can understand Facebook or if you've been taught by somebody else to a degree, you can understand how to get it going at least initially. Yep. But most people when they, let's say just using gym owners as an example, they might know like one or two offers. Yep. And that's it. They know and they don't actually understand how to continually get performance out of that. So when they would work with me, usually they wouldn't be able to outperform because a lot of times they'll like, put it, set it up, and then they forget about it or something like that. Or, you know, they wouldn't understand what creates fatigue and why it stops working. Or yeah, in the case for some companies where they're trying to put an offer that actually doesn't fit with their clientele that they're working with. So it does more harm than good. Mm -hmm. So there is that part of it. But the issue is they just couldn't create continued performance because they, one, didn't understand the business side of things. They didn't understand how important it was, what other levels that really went with it. Like you can generate leads. That's just one component. Yeah. What happens once that leak comes yeah, in? Yeah, exactly. So like there's all of that on a whole spectrum, I think, is where people struggled with and where I just became obsessed with. Well, that's what
0: I'm, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I, I think, and, and I'm going to say this for everybody listening, your, your paid media is successful because you're not obsessing about the ad. You're obsessing about what happens once mm-hmm. you get their attention. Yeah. Like that's, that's the difference. Yes. Yeah. That's it. You, most people are only focused on getting the attention. Mm-hmm. You start with what am I going to do mm-hmm. with this attention once I have it to make mm-hmm. sure that you don't get it mm-hmm. and it turns into a negative experience or a black yeah. hole or a boom. So, like, I think that's important to call out because, like, that's what I've been trying to get to because, like, that's not how people look at paid media, yeah. right? And that's, that, that's all customer journey. That's what's underneath all yep. of that. But it's, it's understanding that when you're running an ad, you're running an ad to get somebody's attention. And then when you have that attention, you have to start doing something with it, taking yes. them on a journey, moving mm-hmm. them somewhere. And that typically is not to the altar. Correct. Right. So you think like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to call that out because it's, it's in the undertow of everything yeah. that you're speaking about. Yeah. But for everybody listening, like you said it, you can learn Facebook, you can learn the tools, but also like understanding, like you said this as well, paid media. Paid media is a plant in a garden that mm-hmm. requires basically guidance or supervision every single day yeah right you might not have to water it but you got to look at it mm-hmm. and you got to check it and you got to check it a few times right and there's ad fatigue and there's creative fatigue and then there's buying cycles there's offer yeah. fatigue there's so many things that are roped into it and people have looked at it for years of like oh i put a dollar and i get a dollar out yeah. right i i do this and there's so much more nuance yeah inside of it so with that um i want i wanted to say that because i I know you know this, yeah. but when you're answering it...
1: Well, I wa- yeah, I wasn't picking on exactly that, but I agree. I think it's thinking about the end result. Yes. So like when I'm growing a gym or any sort of business where people are going to come back, like I'm thinking about the recurring revenue. Yeah. And I want to have customers that are like... well, And it also comes down to retention starts from the first interaction they have with you. Yes. So if I have somebody who then sees my offer, and then it's how I speak to them the first time I get in touch with them, when they come into the enrollment process how i then essentially sell them which should be focusing on helping people not trying to hard sell them which we'll talk about that and then it's like once you get them in like they're determining all throughout these initial interactions are they going to stay with you for life and yes. that's what i'm trying to create like we have clients that we've had since 2014 when i first started running paid traffic still at those gyms yeah so i 100% agree and a lot of people think way too short term or they're like you know cool if i spend a dollar in ads i'm going to make $5 so all i got to do is spend more well the price of paid media is going to continuously go up. But if I can get those people and the cool thing in, in the gym game is like, you can be profitable on the front end. You can. Most businesses aren't. And then we add in the fact if somebody says for six months, nine months, 12 months, 18 months, two years, like all of actual, the lifetime value
0: and profitability. Yeah. But it happens from the initial interaction. It happens from the initial offer, from the initial conversations. And one, one caveat that I want to add to that or one, one supporting piece is that also that's in the lens of revenue. But in the lens of attention, mm-hmm. it is also the same. Yeah. And so that matters just as much because like when when you're speaking, like I'm like, God, preach it, Bob. You mean the first touch point matters just yeah. like everyone else? and consistency and congruency is the secret to a customer journey because yeah. they're not linear and how they hear you. One place has to be the mm-hmm. other place and you have to help them. like this is like gospel music to yeah. my ears. Um, but also, it's not just about revenue because, mm-hmm. yeah, you might think about paid media of like, oh, I can spend a dollar, make five. You've already lost the game. But if you do the same thing with attention of like, oh, I'm going to post one video to get those four. Yep. You forget about the 98 that you pissed off mm-hmm. or had a negative experience because you never thought about it. Yeah. And as of last year, because they updated the stat as of 2023 or 2022, I think uh, 92% of all marketing is word of mouth now. Is it? And it used to be like 86%. Yeah, And it's just increasing more and more and more Mm -hmm. in all these experiences. And so I I think it's important to call it out because like, yes, paid media is great and you know how to run an ad. Mm -hmm. But the only reason yours work is because you're thinking about it both through the lens of business, but also through the lens of the customer, Mm -hmm. right? Because you also realize it's a liability to have a customer come in, not get a result and then be needy on you all the time and then complaining. And you're like, well, no, if I just help set them up better to win in the first place. Yeah. Then they want to stick around.
1: Well, and that's the I mean, that is how I built my gym. Yeah. It's like, hey, the product was really good. I need to get people aware of the product. But if I can get them in, wow them what, throughout the customer service, get them results that I promised them. I didn't promise them something completely different. I didn't tell them one thing was going to happen and do something else, which a lot of businesses do. Yep. We overdelivered on what we told them we're going to do. And then as a result, people would see our ads. Then they would see their friends coming to the gym. They'd see their friends checking in. They'd see their friends wearing their gear. They'd see the transformations they're having. Their coworkers would do it. And then all of a sudden, you have this positive word of mouth that then makes your ads actually work better because yep. people get more pre-sold. So by yep. the time they're coming to you, wherever they are on their buyer's journey, yep. they're there for like, they already know it's going to work for them. Yep. And like part of that too is going back to to paid media. Like we use that as a way to grow gyms, but we also want people to truly understand like, Listen, if I got word of mouth, that person's closer on the buyer's journey to then taking that step. But somebody who sees my ad yesterday, like they may not be ready for six months to two years. Mm -hmm. So, having that consistency of communication and then making sure that we're not trying to trick them, we're not trying to heart sell them into anything that, like, because we get customers now that we acquired the lead two years ago and then they've just been like, I've been following all your stuff, really dig it, cool, now I'm ready.
0: Yeah. And actually that brings up a good point. Cause I just got to listen to that sales call. Right. And, um, two, two very, very, very important things. And we'll talk about both of them. Uh, and, and we can talk about selling this, but one, one thing that I remember in particularly, and you, you made it a point to call this out mm-hmm. and you're like, no, no, no. What you have to understand is like, what I'm really selling you is the accountability of yeah. coaching. And like you said it verbatim, mm-hmm. like out loud crystal clear like this isn't about getting you leads this isn't about Mm -hmm. scaling your gym this is about turning you Mm -hmm. into an effective person that can run this so like that was one and i you said it multiple times yes and it was every time she got off in this hour or got into well money or blank or blank you didn't placate her You didn't suck the gas out and Mm -hmm. be like, no, I'm going to make you money. You're like, no, no, we're having a different conversation and it's deeper than that. Yeah. And you brought her down there like quite a few times. So that was one. And then the other thing speaks to what you just said. At one point, you also said, and if you're not ready, I would rather give you some trainings and things to do right now Mm -hmm. and us reconvene in 90 days when you're closer to being ready. Yeah. So like in in listening to how you describe this, like I just watched you do that. Mm -hmm. In those two instances. So like, talk about like how you see this.
1: Yeah. So I look at sales in general, like people feel like they get, it's sleazy or something like that. But if we're not making sales then we can't grow our business. And I also literally your slogan, understand that relationships are what are key to businesses. And I want to, when I get somebody in front of me, like it truly is, it's I'm talking to them, whether it's me or one of my team members or something like that. We're like can i help this person what is their problem because if i can't help them i want to make sure that they then can go find what that person or who that person or that service is going to be so in a sales process i'm not trying to sell anybody i want them to make the decision i want it to be right i want to also push them away Mm -hmm. so like hey if now's not the right time fine because i don't want to waste my time and i don't want to waste your time so when i'm having those conversations um, and they, those are kind of like two different things, but... They,
0: they are. I want them yeah. separately. No, no. You I'm know, just so like, bringing up both topics. Yeah. And like in
1: the, in the second part, it's when I'm having a conversation, I'm thinking, hey, I want to work with this person for the next two, three, five years. I want to take them through. You know, We have four phases that we take gym owners through. I want to take them through all of that, which is like the true entrepreneurship. You're getting all this reward from the activities you've done. But depending on where you are in that journey, it's going to take you a little bit more time. And we want to be on there with the whole ride for you. So I want to be transparent with that. I'm not going to make you these false promises that are going to set you up for like just unrealistic expectations. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people have done. And I've just done that throughout my entire time from selling when I was selling people into gym memberships and just being transparent, like, Hey, we might start you with this, but the reality is fitness. You're never going to stop. Yeah. You have to keep going. And in fact, if you start now get amazing results, go back to your old habits. You're now in a worse position than when you got started. Yep. So I'm very transparent. And that's one of the reasons why like I had eight locations with 2,500 members and we had sub 5% attrition on a monthly basis, which is crazy for gyms. So, but it was because when we started the relationship, we were honest with each other. I might have like told them like, "Hey, this is this is exactly what's going on." If they maybe got a little distracted or this this, I'd be like, "That's not even important. This is what you need to worry about. This is where we're focusing on." But this is what the actual journey looks like.
0: Yeah, like your sales call felt like an Integris blind date, where Mm -hmm. in the dinner, she realized she had a problem and you had a solution, and you guys were like, "Oh yeah, this fits." Yeah, and like you said to her, you are like. And a part of this call and even this is figuring out if we even want to work together. Yeah. Right. And so like I'm over here fucking gloating. Right. Like (laughs) my I'm like smiling ear to ear and I'm like, I'm going to talk about this on the entire podcast. Like I can literally I'm like, perfect, 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 perfect. But the reason I say it's perfect is because it wasn't a strategy. It wasn't Mm -hmm. a tactic. It wasn't because you put resistance up. It wasn't because you said if you're not interested, it's because the only thing that you were really measuring. Your entire choices, communication, responses on was the relationship with the human. Yep. That was it. Yeah. And then when you do that, you're like, oh, I would have dinner with this person. Oh, I can talk to this person. Oh, they are responding. Oh, I do hear you. Yeah. And the level of integrity that you brought over and over, like, and that's something that I do, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm very honest with people. Like, I can come teach you customer journey. I can't guarantee you what you're going to do with it. Exactly. Just like you can go read any parenting book you Mm -hmm. ever want doesn't mean you're going to be a good parent. Yeah. Right? And so... Like hearing you hearing you do this, I want to kind of tie this paid media together and and even this because mm-hmm. it's this experience thing, yeah. right? Like you're obsessed with experience, mm-hmm. right? And and even as your friend, yeah. Even with your friends, the level of presence that you bring to mm-hmm. us when you text us when 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 we're together is is one of your greatest gifts. But that's not something, and I, I want to say this, because that's not something that like, you're born with. That's mm-hmm. not something that like you just accidentally have. Like, that's something you work on that, yeah. that you have. right? And so when we're talking about paid media, you're talking about how, like, well, I use it to build this community and I'm more effective. I'm like, well, yeah, because you're literally thinking about the fucking consumer at every yeah. step. And even in your ads, you're telling them to go away if it's not yeah. a good fit. right? Like, the same thing applies over here yeah. as it does over here. And yep. so like it's this consistent undertone around mm-hmm. consumer experience, customer experience, yeah. whether you're doing cold acquisition or you're doing community, because yeah. I'm going to assume that when you're building these communities with these people, you're teaching these gym owners how to obsess about that same yes. customer experience. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, we even talked about it on that call and I know you heard me too. Cause I was like, I met my, uh, my boy Josh or George's uh, office and like, he's amazing at the entire customer journey, the customer experience and a long-term organic customer acquisition, which is what we want. We yeah. do want that in yep. our business. But the reality is that can take some time. Of course. And going back to like I did have to learn all this stuff the wrong way. Me too. So, we were talking a little bit afterwards and you're we like stop talking, save it for the for the pod. <laughs> and and I think like, you know, going into that conversation it, it is like I am looking, can I help this person? You know, are we a good fit for each other? You know, are we on the same wave, wavelengths? And like, is now the right time? Yes. Because if any of those things are off, then we do both of us a disservice. So really, like sales is generally somebody has some level of problem. You have a level of solution. Is it going to be the right fit there? And then helping them understand how that is. Whereas too many people, and I've gotten away from this in almost all of my marketing, all of my sales, is too many people focus on the offer. Yep. And then they focus on the guarantee. Yep. And that's what we started talking about. And like when you rely on that, that's when you do bring like that inauthentic approach to your sales meeting, which leads to a very transactional relationship, which people can feel and see. And that's why you don't get people that stay. So you have a high level of churn. You do not have repeat buyers. You do not have referrals. Like if you're not getting referrals in your business, it's because your business isn't any good. And people can tell. And so many gym owners in particular have been taught just sell, 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 even though. If you have a gym that has 150, 250, 350 members, depending on your price point, like you're golden. Yes. You're profiting out the ass for a single location. Yes. You shouldn't have to have to go attract clients in order to get them to come because they're coming to you now if done properly. If done properly. And if that's not done, that's a sign that I need to increase my service. I need to increase my experience. My product needs to be fixed. You know, and I think we're all guilty of that. Like looking at, hey, what's this guarantee? Or I need this. It's like that's not what people are looking for. They're looking for, have you heard me? Are you even listening to what's going on? Do you hear where I'm scared, you know, where I'm struggling? And this is why this issue persists. And I'm on this call because I know I need help to solve it. And are you going to help me understand how that's going to happen with you, with your business, with a product that you're giving me? And that's what I'm looking to do is bring that assurance to them, not use a guarantee to get them
0: there. And I'm going to ask a question about this. And I'm going to also use part of Mm -hmm. the conversation um, that you just had. Um, you know, God, I have like a hundred questions actually, but I'm going to keep the mindset ones off the table because we already did that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'll save that one for another day. Uh, that would be podcast three. But that actually is.
1: And I talked about it on this one. It was like, when I'm talking to somebody, I'm finding what are their beliefs right now on the call? Yeah. Because initially when I work with somebody, if I have to break your mindset, if I have to break your beliefs. That's what I'm going to do initially
0: to even have growth. So yeah. And like we don't Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and like, well, I'll I'll just ask it. I'll ask it because it's probably a short answer. But I think one of the most critical things that you said that I want everybody to listen to and hear is you said, I'm listening if this is the right time for them or the right time for me. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I was going to ask you a question of like, how do you delineate if it's the right time? But yeah, I realized the question had the answer in it already, because what you have in that moment is because you're not agendized to sell her, mm-hmm. you can hear and see the things that will actually help you sell her. Yeah, And so when you're listening, you're like, oh, this would be a lot of emotional investment in, on my part right now mm-hmm. that I don't have because I can feel that. Oh, let me give you a piece of content, but there's this level of presence mm-hmm. with yourself that's required, um, and I think that that's huge. So I was just gonna, I, w- I was gonna ask you, like when you're when you're listening, because I, I I just wanted to talk about like what happens when I'm on a sales call, yeah, yeah, right, or any call. I don't call them sales, like when I'm on a call, right? Yeah, yeah. I, and I want to say this, to everybody listening, like when I'm on calls. I definitely have an internal dialogue with my ego mm-hmm. and my ego and brain is saying, close the deal. Oh yeah. <laughs> 100%, like, so, yeah, hold on. I, and I think this is important <laughs> to yeah. talk about, right? Cause nobody's going to talk about yeah. this. It doesn't mean like in my body, there's not this 12 year old little boy that watched that blank check movie. And I'm like, there's a six figure number at the end of yeah. this call. Right. Yeah. But the thoughts don't dictate when they're there what my behaviors or actions are. Yeah. But when I catch them, I'm like, oh, I'm not being present right now, mm-hmm. right? And it's, it's more of a muscle than it is yeah. this thing. And I wanted to say that to everybody because I think it comes from experience of doing it wrong mm-hmm. for so many times because um, – yeah, I just I think it's important to say that I, I, I realize as we've been talking about it, we're like, yeah, we're just listening for where they are. And yeah. I'm seeing if right now is the right time And our brains. Are like, yeah, but where the fuck is your next dollar coming from? Like, yeah.
1: you know what I mean? Well, and like that's part of actually and I, I, should, I wrote down a framework and it's probably very similar to a lot of a lot of others like philosophies when yeah, it comes yeah, yeah. to sales. And I wrote down a couple of the things as I was doing a, a review of one of my team members' calls. Well, Greg, like, I was hey, about to ask you yeah, all principles. So, so I'll, yeah, like, I'll actually grab that. Yeah, it's on your Because right. I don't want to mess it up. But I think it's pretty good. And it, it's just three things wrapped around in a fourth. But, um, and I think that's, part of it is just me, whether it be me with, with clients. I'm looking at this, is this going to be a long-term relationship with a client that's actually going to have a lot of success with me? And then whether it also be friends, I'm like, these are things that I actually care about. So the the number one principle that I have is I'm curious yet challenging. Yes. So that's when I'm listening, and that's where a lot of people is on a call in a conversation, they're not listening to actually find out information. They're they're waiting for when they can start talking.
0: Can it can so you have three things or four things on here? Yeah, four. Okay, four. So mm-hmm. use that as our roadmap because okay. I want to ask you as you go through this, I'm gonna bring yeah. up your call. Okay. So this first one, uh-huh. I was going to bring this up in a couple of minutes about your questions. Yeah. And boy, oh boy, I give you an A plus for questions. If you want an attaboy or a cuddle session, I'm yeah. in, right? Well, but, my
1: self-worth is tied into my ability to sell to a degree, unfortunately. Well, no. and, and yeah. as,
0: Like, all, listen, all of us, like <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, right now, my self-worth is tied into me having veins in my ass. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, it, yeah. it's, it's picking something to put our energy towards, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, my self-worth is tied into my It's self. unfortunate, yeah. Well, ooh, yeah, but, well, and actually, here's the here's the double-edged sword of that, which is the best part. Because it is, you realize that you've done it wrong the whole time, Yeah. so it forces you to do it right. So well, you asked a really good question that I want to bring up. Okay. Because you said curious, but... Challenging. Challenging. Mm-hmm. She was bringing up resistance around money, mm-hmm. right? And God, I love this, because we're going to talk about reactants, the catalyst. Yeah. I'm going to fucking suck the oxygen out yeah. of, like, every energy redirect. She was bringing up resistance. And then rather than you fighting her fire with fire, I'm like, no, it's not that or no, it's not money. You asked her a question and you said, I want to know what it would take. No, no, that was the second one. The first one you said, when you're looking for a coach, what would make it a dream coaching opportunity, Mm -hmm. right? And she was confused Yeah. and she couldn't answer it. And she started to answer it and she answered and you said, Oh, you know what? That was on me. I asked you a really bad question. Yeah. Let me ask it again. Yeah. And then you looked at her and you're like, if you were to work with us, what would be your dream that me and my team could do to support you? Mm -hmm. And then I just listened and I'm like, here it is. She's like, you could do this. 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 And so like, money objection and if you're talking about nlp you literally brought it down to the core level by yeah. asking a question so there's a book that i have to give you today okay um a declarative language book i will get it before the show's over i will grab it from my bag okay. and tell everybody the title of it but it talks about redirects and it mm-hmm. talks about helping people find and this is a really deep concept but i think you'll appreciate it around yeah. you're curious but um yet yeah, challenging yeah, challenging People, kids under eight, don't have an internal dialogue, right? They don't get one until their paradigms form. formed. A lot of people get frustrated at kids that are like five or six because you tell them to do something mm-hmm. and then they don't do it. Their brain doesn't have the brain that we do that when like our wife's like, do this, that it's running on your subconscious. They haven't formed that yet. Mm. And so what ends up happening is we end up creating... Um, patterns in kids where they don't learn things because they memorize things because we tell them how to think rather than thinking them how to think and mm-hmm. i just sat with my son's new um, school teacher is incredible we talked about this for hours around this book but if teaching a child color and this is the one example i'll give you it's like really easy if my son has a red shirt on it like oh my god dude your shirt's red mm-hmm. right but then what ends up happening is he forms a memory that when he sees that it's red but he doesn't have an experience or okay. like hey, notice that our shirts are the same color today, Mm -hmm. right? And he might be like, oh my God, they are, they're red. When he gets himself there, Mm -hmm. it creates an episodic memory and an experience that anchors it in, right? So like if you're having a kid pick up toys, uh, it's so easy to say like, hey, you're sitting on the toys. Mm -hmm. That would be easy, but then we're telling them how to think, Mm -hmm. right? But if I'm like, do you notice anything funny on your butt? right and then he'll look around and be like oh my god i'm sitting on the toys right yeah. so we tried this with branson at the school and i was like we're talking about this book and i was like no way so we're getting done he'd been playing with toys everywhere yeah. right and my typical response was like hey buddy can you clean up your toys right and she's like don't and i'm like okay and i was like hey man i was like i, I think i said hey, buddy, uh, we're going to be heading out the door in like five minutes. So uh, I'm going to let you know then. And if you have to do anything to get ready, let me know. Mm -hmm. He's like, okay, dad. And then he goes back to playing. And then um, he just kept playing. He didn't pick up the toys yet. And then I was like, okay. And she's like, okay, that was good. Mm -hmm. Now you have to get a little bit more specific. Maybe ask him if he remembers where that container went. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, hey, bud, uh, do you remember where that container went? And he like stopped for a minute, looked around, stopped playing, started putting toys away picked up the whole room put it up and said I'm ready to go and I was like oh my god and I realized that when adults or entrepreneurs or anybody when you're in a challenge your body mimics trauma behavior mm-hmm. and so you have the same things and what ends up happening is we're like oh uh but I'm struggling with this tell me this mm-hmm. and then they think they want us to be like well no remember no, you do this, you do this, you do this, Mm -hmm. you do this. Right. So like an example I use now is like, if you have somebody like a a client, I get this call all the time. My number one client fired me. Yeah. My life is over. My business is over. Right. Mm -hmm. They think they want me to tell like, no, you're not. No, you know what to do. Right. That would be the easy way. But then the pattern would continue Yeah. over and over and over. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. I know what that feels like. I'm like, has this ever happened before? And they're like, no, never. And I'm like, right. And I'm like, what was her name? Um, was this like Susie? And then you get the, oh, fuck you. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Because what we need is we need a memory to get rid of the noise to come back Mm -hmm. in. And so like I'm saying that and uh, it's called like declarative language. I'll give it to everybody, but I think it will help a ton. But in that, I heard you ask that question, right? So um, in this curious yet Challenging. challenging, in that curious yet challenging are you going through this call and you're just asking questions and listening? And then she had an objection and then that one took over and you asked a really curious question.
1: Yeah, and I think like overall, and those are kind of like two parts is one is I want to know what's going on. What is their motivation? Where are they now? Where are they looking to go? And like the whys behind it. Yeah, And honestly, for me to truly help somebody, which is kind of actually the second principle in this philosophy, I actually need to know what's going on. So I'm curious to know the underlying complete understanding context of the situation. Yep. So if there's any part of 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 you know something they say if it's either catching me the wrong way, I will be curious to be like tell me more about that. What do you mean by that? And then if it is something where it's like a belief that's holding him back. And I got this cuz I you know I'm obviously huge on coaching. Yeah. And I took a period of time off from actually doing sales or even like working. Um you know and and so like when I got and I do some sales coaching with Joey Sapanic and Jacob Morales from, like I think, uh, Sales Team Six, which is such a killer name. And that was one of the things in some of the earlier calls that were moving. They're like, dude, you're just not challenging people enough. you know." And that's something that's normally I am. I will challenge people. But when I'm listening, I'm hearing their beliefs. I'm like, that's going to be a belief that's going to prevent them from success in the future or working with us. So if they don't change this belief, we cannot help them. So then I'm going to challenge them like, hey... Whether it's like, I need this. I'd be like, hey, I know you believe you need this. What you really need is this. What's so funny is you even said- why do you believe you need this? And then you can go in. You even
0: said to her, I'm going to challenge you. Yes. When you did that. Right there. Like you did it. So what's the second one?
1: So number one is curious yet challenging. And then number two is helpful, not salesy. And that is like even early on with, and it goes even back to like kind of what you were saying about even when the gyms, at the end of the day, I'm not trying to sell somebody into something. I'm not trying to force them into anything. I want them to want to do it. Yep. And when I'm asking those questions and being curious and challenging, I'm helping them come to the right conclusion for themselves so that they are fully
0: invested and bought into it on the whatever journey and skills they have to develop. And this is a big note for you and yeah. everybody listening. The secret to all of this you've been talking about is retention. Mm-hmm. The only way a human being can give a word of mouth referral is if they're in because they want and not yes, need. Exactly. And when you tell people you're broken, you need to lose weight. You don't. You don't mm-hmm. break their beliefs. What ends up happening is that they believe something's wrong and they're one down. So they can't actually talk about anything but negative stuff. Exactly. And so this is a really important. And if you
1: focus only on negative stuff, you're going to get more negative stuff.
0: That's how and the reticular activity Yeah. So,
1: so like, and that's a big thing. It's just at the end of the day is like, I want. I mean, I got into fitness because it changed my life. Yep. So when I got into, you know, the gyms, it's like, one, I fell in love with the business side of things, but it is to help people. That's the underlying thing of all of my business that I'm in. There's some level of helping individuals achieve some better version of themselves. So now when it's like working with gym owners, it's, hey, I want to actually help you. Yes. I'm not trying to sell you on a damn thing because one, people don't want to be sold. They want to buy. Yeah. They want to make, and they love buying, but if they're being sold to, they're going to like, they're going to mm-hmm. feel it. They're going to pull back. And then we are creating this relationship that's somewhat adversarial because even if they make a decision, because part of the customer journey is going through buyer's remorse. Yep. So like we're having a real conversation of how we're actually going to set them up for success. So when I'm being helpful for them. I'm not like, I don't have to deal with tons of objections. Like, I'm actually getting clarity around every single possible thing. What's holding them back now? What'll hold them back in the future? Those beliefs, all this stuff. I'll wrap it in challenging them on those things so that we're starting on the right foot for all levels of future success. So,
0: yeah. So, number one is curiosity, yet challenging. Mm -hmm. Number two is
1: helpful, not salesy. Helpful, not salesy. And then number three is aggressive, yet laid back. Yeah. So, and this is... I you know, and I caught myself in some earlier calls I was doing because when you have let's say some level of expertise, and it's just like let's say you're just like this is a no brainer, and you're trying to be like just do this, you need to do this. Like people don't make changes that way, and we kind of like kind that's of talk about the book,
0: the catalyst is yeah.
1: So it's like they have to come to it on their own. That's why kind of even when we we're talking about it, like people don't want to be told because you can tell somebody the right thing, but they're like no, that's not it. So when you share your experiences or they share their experiences and they're actually able to then understand it, then they can have the the foundation for change that's going to occur.
0: Yeah. Well, our job is to mm-hmm. ask questions, reflect yeah. back, to help them find it. Right. Yes. And so what's happening in the book, The Catalyst, which I talk about every goddamn day. Yeah. Um, that part where you're like, you're an expert and you see it. What's happening is the movable middle is too big. Yeah. You're frustrated because you're in the after state and they're the before state. Yeah. And then we see 10 steps. They can only see one and we're getting mad. Yeah. And then we try to keep telling them to take five or 10 and they can't. Yeah. And so what we have to do is be patient and help them find the first one and then the second one and then the third one.
1: And that's like being laid back is like you're you're not tied into the outcome that's necessarily going to occur. So it's like, listen, whether or not you make this decision doesn't impact me. So that's the laid back nature. The aggressive is... Like, you have to get people out of their comfort zone. Like, so Taylor Welch says in in his sales philosophy, wraps in like, people are going to fight like hell to stay in their comfort zone. So, my responsibility to help people, if I truly believe that I can, is to not let them stay where they're going to be comfortable because they're not going to encounter change. Instead, they're going to have more of the worst outcome that's going to continue to occur, if not in a worse situation. So, I have to be aggressive to not let them give me shit, yep. give themselves shit, trick themselves, stay in that position. And I'm doing it for their benefit. Yep. So that's where I got to be laid back. Like, listen, it's not going to change my life. Yep. Like, cause one, I want to have a long-term relationship. I don't want to have that contentious relationship with a client that is dependent on you. Cause even like the reality of business is it's a level of problem solving, yep. which means you have to develop the skills. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, you're going to be a founder, you're some level of visionary or whatever. You have to be able to, You're going to encounter situations. There's always going to be problems. So you have to understand and have the skills developed to solve them. And that's the cool thing, like where we are in our journey is we've been able to develop those skills over time from lessons from other people, from unfortunate lessons in our own businesses. And so you just develop that like thicker skin and then you get an awareness. I think I talked about it maybe in Catalyst or Blink. Yeah. But it's like the more encounters you have with that, then the better decisions you make. And that's what we're doing as an entrepreneur. But it's not going to happen if you don't have the foundational skills anyway. A thousand percent. So like that's the third pillar. And then it all kind of wraps into because you like I have such belief and conviction in what we do in any of my businesses for people, like especially in gyms. Like I do believe that what we do in Gym Academy is the best out there, is the best model. It's the best level of help. It's the best. Even the the done for you part of it is the best services you're going to get. So I have a belief that we are the best at it. And I love our product. I love the industry. I love the game. I love the changes that we make on people. So that's kind of like the last part of, I can't, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm good at, I have a good understanding of sales. I can't sell stuff I don't believe in. Mm-hmm. So like, cause that's, I'm just not able to manipulate people. Nobody, nobody can. Yeah. So like you have to, this all gets wrapped into like knowing and loving your product. So when you know that, that's when you can, it becomes even easier to be curious and challenge people on limiting beliefs. And then once you are digging in and you're finding these things, you're like, that doesn't really make sense. Talk to me about this. And you can be like, you sure about that? All right, cool. I got to challenge you. And then it makes you, it makes it easier for you to actually focus on helping somebody because you know that if you're able to get them to make the right decision, their life is going to change for the better. Yep. And then eventually that's also why I'm going to be a little bit of aggressive because I'm not going to let you stay in that comfort zone And I also know if I don't help you come to this conclusion, like I I tell this to people in their gyms all the time. If somebody comes into my gym and they decide not to sign up, well, number one, they're there to sign up, so I lose, I I lost it. You know, I made the mistake. And if they don't, in the small percentage, they just don't have the capacity financially or something like that. I want to leave such a good impression on them that they'll either come down the road when they're ready. Or they will tell their friends that, like, listen, it wasn't for me, but I think this is great for you.
0: That's why I made the four paths of the peer to force people to solve the like, what happens when they bounce? What happens when they learn more? What happens when they opt in? What happens when they buy? It's like every one of those. And that's the whole philosophy of like, your job is not to find customers, Mm -hmm. it's to create them. Yes. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. Right? Like that whole philosophy. So, a couple things on um, what you were sharing. Um, Number one, interesting statistic, and Taylor nailed it uh, human beings have to be able to perceive a benefit 3.1 times greater than their current situation to change that's awesome that's blows my mind yeah but you what what what's actually happening in like the sales process yeah is you're helping people collect enough evidence to find a perceived benefit Mm -hmm. 3.1 times greater than their current situation yeah that is the exact thing that's happening psychologically it's been studied Jonah talks about it there's all yeah. these things on it.
1: I didn't know that, but I've always gotten it from like Russell. He said, when I'm putting an offer yep. and I told those people like, I want you to feel as if you're getting 10 times the value of what I'm giving you throughout our entire relationship yep. because of, you know, obviously we talk about retention. So whatever, let's say that that recurring fee is, I want you to be a no brainer. Yep. Like we are like, I'm getting so much for this. This is, na- this is the last thing I'll ever get rid
0: yep. of. Yep. Exactly. And that, and that's, I think that's the important, important part in all of us. Like in everything that you talk about, you're always talking about value. You're talking about integrity, right? Mm-hmm. Like, But you said a minute ago, know your product, know your service, and you have to have a belief in it. But yeah. I think the one part was missing is also know yourself and have a belief in yourself. That's a good point, yeah. Because when you're speaking, like when you're on these calls, the only reason you're unattached is mm-hmm. because you know yourself. You might still need the revenue, mm-hmm. but you also recognize that you're not willing to sacrifice your values mm-hmm. Or anything because you know it's going to lead to more pain. Yeah. So there's also a level, a very, very deep level of self awareness required yeah. for that belief to be there.
1: And it's, I think it is tough, especially in the beginning of an entrepreneurial journey, where you're like, I need this client, and then you take on everybody, and you're like, that was a bad client. This one wasn't good. But this one was awesome. Yeah. You know, but when you get that and you're going forward, you're like, I know that it's for both parties' benefit to make sure this makes sense. Yeah. So what I love the sale onto every sale. Love it. But there's a reason why, like if somebody says they're closing at a hundred percent, something's wrong there yeah. because then I'm actually not doing a good job. Yeah. Maybe my pricing, but I don't really like that. It's like, I'm actually just not doing a proper way to truly help and service people, especially if you're doing something that's a little bit more of a complex sale, more high touch kind of service and stuff like that. But that's what it really comes down to is like, at the end of the day, it's not about work. I mean, this, this world is huge, huge. Like I don't need to have everybody, you know, I don't, you know, this is the way I do stuff. I want to make sure I have the right people. Yes. And then that way it actually truly creates an impact. Uh, and that's just, it helps your brand. And, and for any, any brand, and I think early on, we really think too short-term. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're struggling or anything like that, it's, it's tough to think long-term. But at the end of the day, like, I mean, the average life expense expect, expectancy is 76 years.
0: Yeah. I actually think, so. I actually think I used to think that, but I realized if you think long-term, you think short-term by default. So it's just easier because like if that, that's how it is for me, like my behaviors, my, mm-hmm. my things like that, like I used to always, always only think short term, like yeah. vision scared me and vision mm-hmm. boards scared me and they still do. I don't use them. So I don't. But I make sure that the things that I'm doing today are also benefiting me a year from now, two years from yeah. now in my content, in my business, in my yeah. mindset, in my body, in my like as Benjamin Hardy says, like investing in my future self. Yeah. But then as a byproduct of like, yeah, maybe in business right now, I'm not doing this, but I'm Mm -hmm. still training like I'm on a world tour standing on stage 16 hours a day. Yeah. Right. So like there's this there's this thing that like if you focus on the long game Mm -hmm. of like, I want my podcast to be here for a long time. I don't know what it's going to be used for. I don't know where it's going to go, but I'm like, I'm going to protect that. And even if like I'm like, I don't want to do marketing anymore. I'm Mm -hmm. probably going to keep protecting the show. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know. I think I think for me what you're talking about and and you're even like, Oh, I'm not good at selling. Y- yeah, you are because oh, I'm very good at
1: selling. Well, cause here's but, the thing. Yeah.
0: What selling actually is, is selling is what, what I would consider mm-hmm. ethical selling is when two human beings integrously come together and recognize that you have a problem and I have a solution and it's worth paying me money yeah. for my solution. Mm-hmm. That's selling. And the only way to do that, human beings need three things to make a decision. Seen, heard, safe. Yeah. Done. Right. Like, can't whip out your credit card mm-hmm. if you're not seen. Can't whip out your credit card if you're yep. not heard. And you sure as shit ain't going to whip out your yeah. credit card if you feel unsafe. Yeah. And so, like, your three are absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. And then the one thing that I wanted to bring up, and I think this is huge, and I don't know, you know my five steps the acknowledge, prepare, project, yep. pre handle, excite. You did it on that whole sales call, like, literally, yeah. like, verbatim, because you were talking about one of your principles, like, being curious, mm-hmm. you know, and then um, she would bring it up. And then she would tell you the objection and then you would pre-handle it 30 days from now. You're like, no, no, no. It's probably going to get there faster, but we're going to plan for this. And it's going to get messy here and it's going to be here, but we're here. And here's my personal phone number.
1: Well, I I think that goes back to one is like, because I do focus so much on the customer journey experience to have long-term amazing relationships so many people, especially now, because they're so used to these outlandish offers that they're seeing that suck. So like, we don't do any of that in our marketing where they're having these, you know, these crazy guarantees. So I try and honestly, purposely, if I'm setting somebody up for true success, I'm like, so what's, what is this consequence? What's the worst thing that's going to happen? And we're going to examine that. We're going to sit in it. We're going to get uncomfortable. And while somebody else makes you some guarantee that then just starts this relationship wrong, we're going to talk about the truth and the reality. Cause like, we're friends you would never hire do. an
0: olympic coach yeah to help you win gold and look at your training if you came in six and be like yeah you'll make it yeah no no i guarantee you win but we're yeah. not going to change anything yeah no like you need to talk about like no you're good you might lose yeah like you might break your leg you might yeah. not even make it to the yeah. Olympics
1: yeah so it's like it's having that and then also like again when i'm when i'm selling somebody into something that either i can't fulfill on or isn't realistic the relationships tarnished, and they're going to churn out So there's no point in doing that. So being authentic and honest with people are truly going to help them. Yeah. And I think like going back to one of the things you were talking about earlier is thinking long-term, like I'm big on vision. I don't do vision boards, but I always want to think about what is the potential end result that I'm going for? What am I building towards as a whole? And then I can then think about the situations and it it determines the actions I'm making now. But even by doing that kind of ties back to... The, the close relationship between sales and marketing, obviously we talked a lot about sales, but like in the marketing side of things, that's where like when I truly understand and I am curious in these conversations I'm having with people, I can bring that into the marketing. Yeah. And that's where like it allows me because part of what we do for our clients is like it's, it's how we do like the offer is huge and it is so important, but the offer isn't like outrageous BS guarantees and like no. these promises that aren't going to happen. It's here's your situation. Here's this outcome that we're going to get you to, you know, here's whatever, you know, marketing stuff in there. And then also being a little outlandish in the marketing. So I like to be a little outlandish in the marketing because it's just getting their attention. And then there, there's a level of relationship. And I've heard, I hear that on all the meetings of like, I saw the video like this, I relate like blah, blah, blah. And I'm in a very competitive market. And then when you get on the calls, like you're being authentic and honest with them. Yeah. And that's what it, Like they feel that throughout the entire journey. And then they know this is what I'm going to expect as a client. Yeah. Instead of, you know, never being able to talk to somebody, not getting these things, like they're literally, you're building that trust throughout every single interaction that happens so that you get these clients for life.
0: Yeah. I feel like I don't need a podcast. You can just talk about, all, like, I can literally take everything you're saying and put it into one of my models <laughs> I know. Like, nope, there it is. Yep. No, you, like it, it's, but like to even hear like 2,500 gym members, you're not eight, eight gyms at your peak. You've spent so much money on paid media. You're running this for many people like mm-hmm. this. This is. This is like a decade of like no this is this is the only reason it's worked yeah like i and 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 I say that for everybody listening because we both learned the wrong way, oh yeah, because it never worked, it never mm-hmm. stuck and now, and even now, to this day, I'm learning business lessons now that are very, very painful uh that I forgot about mm-hmm. or that I got complacent with or yeah. right, and it's like
1: it's a constant
0: reminder, okay, yeah, yep, here we go, and you know, like even when you're taking like. You think about like those restaurants, like, I'll, I'll, like Hash House of Go-Go, right? There's one in Vegas. There's one in I've San Diego. But that. you go, go get chicken and waffles okay. and the plate is like 18 inches high, yeah. right? Like I'm talking, this thing's probably like 10,000 calories, yeah. right? You go to that place. It's loud. It's obnoxious. You love that experience, right? But you're not going to go eat dinner there every single night. Mm-mm. That's what most people's offers are.
1: Yeah, that's but a really good point.
0: Notice that the place that you consistently go, you go... Because it tastes good, it's mm-hmm. the same experience, it's predictable, and it works. Yes. even though it's boring, and yeah. that's what success is.
1: Hundred percent. I I love that. Like when we talk to our clients, and what we did at Legion, and what we encourage all of our clients to do is like you just talked about. It, you're not going to go there every night to eat dinner. What I want people to do through the experience we give them is be the topic of the dinner conversation. Yes. Like I want my product and my service to be so good. And it's not some outrageous guarantee that I'm giving somebody or something like that. It's the experience that they're feeling and encountering and and having is like, they're going to want to tell everybody. Now by having some sort of like the found predictable way to get clients, like, That is just a lever that we can pull, bring in the perfect client for your business so that you can actually truly serve them, love it, not feel trapped, and then deliver the amazing product and service so that they tell everybody they know about. Like That is the goal of business, in my
0: opinion. Let me just do this again. So if you haven't read Contagious, Mm -hmm. Bob is talking about what's called a social trigger. For everybody wondering how I built Civilized Caveman, when the algorithm was there and food blogging was done... Mm -hmm. And no one could grow Facebook pages anymore. And I added 200,000 fans. Yeah. Right. I used bacon. Mm-hmm. That was my secret. So I was posting recipes. They weren't catching. Yeah. And then I would post a bacon meme <laughs> and it would go viral. Yeah. So I started paying attention and then I was like, oh, let me start putting out more bacon recipes and just kind of mm-hmm. see. And so then I made the hashtag hugs and bacon. Yeah. And so people started associating my name with bacon. And so I'd get messages and like, hey, I was at breakfast with my friend and they told me about you because they ate bacon. They told me about this food blogger, this Hugs and Bacon caveman guy. We still to this day get about one to two bacon things in the mail a month. That is amazing. And I'm, I'm talking the last like 14 years. And yeah. I didn't know what a social trigger was because this was pre John Berger's book. Yeah. Then I read Contagious. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy fuck. Yeah. And when it comes to social triggers, you can either make one or you can piggyback off one. Like Lululemon meant nothing. Reebok means nothing. Mm -hmm. Adidas means nothing until we make it mean something. Yeah. Right. And uh, with that, then now the reason that pink is everywhere was intentional. Yeah. But it wasn't created by me on purpose again. It was, I happened to be wearing pink shoes because Branson was told pink Mm -hmm. was a girl's color and it pissed me off. And I've told this origin <laughs> story and I corrected his teacher and said, I'm yeah. gonna wear pink until it's his favorite color again. Yeah. And in that process, I end up keynoting to like a thousand, you know, marketers. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, You're that customer journey guy with pink yeah. shoes. And I was like, there it is. I literally called my team and I'm like, it's black, white, and pink now. And they're like, What? I'm like, that's the social trigger. Yeah. And then literally boots, branding, website, and it is my favorite color. Yeah. But that is a social trigger. And in in this, and I think it's important, as you say this, when you're talking about people talking about you, Mm -hmm. in the book Contagious, when he talks about social triggers, he also talks about the word-of-mouth referrals and that human beings only share for one of five reasons, humor, credibility, education, social status, or controversy. And if you don't give them one of the first four, they will only share the fifth. Okay. Yeah. Right. And so my favorite quote is, if you don't tell them what to say, you Mm -hmm. won't like what they say. Mm -hmm. Right. And that all comes down to experience because what you're thinking about is deeper than the dollar. Mm -hmm. The dollar, completely fine. Hey, here's this menu item I have. You're hungry. Let's exchange. Yeah. For you, that's the bridge. And opening up the entire relationship Mm -hmm. because that $1 opens up a thousand human beings, 5,000 human beings, Mm -hmm. where this person's experience in the very beginning is going to dictate how they talk about you 10 years in the future when they see your shirt on an airplane Mm -hmm. or when they see your boom. And you get that. Yeah. I'm calling this out so aggressively (laughs) so everybody else gets it. Yeah. Fuck marketing, fuck sales, fuck entrepreneurship, fuck business. This is human Mm -hmm. psychology at the core level. Yeah. If you read the book, The Contagious and The Catalyst and listen to what Bob said, you take some of these frameworks, you take some of this, like just take part of this and try this. But like when I'm listening to you, like you look so light and this is so easy, but it's everybody watching this can see when you're on a call, you're not on a call. You're just being yourself Mm -hmm. when you're meeting somebody that's on this call you're treating them like you would treat me at the coffee shop. Yeah, You're telling them the same things that you would tell me. You're mm-hmm. asking them the same. There is no separation. This is a full, like, this is who I am and what I believe in. Mm-hmm. And then you said this earlier, and I skipped over it, but I want to bring it up. You said, I can train anybody's skills. So I hire people that get people, mm-hmm. and then I train them in my systems. Yes. So like when you said, I can only do paid media earlier, it's not because you're better at running fucking ads Mm -hmm. than anybody, which you probably are too. It's because nobody thinks about how people are feeling at the level that you do or that you've trained Mm -hmm. your team to.
1: So that's like such a good point too, because there's certain leverage points that you want to move in a business. And I have been able to like, here's my system. Here's how we do the media buying kind of thing. But the higher level aspect of marketing one, it's like, that's actually what I enjoy. I don't want to give that up. So like, there is a reality in certain businesses of what do you want to, what do you want to give up? And then like, when I have conversations with you, it like sparks these like bigger even ideas and thoughts, but it's like the, the actual media buying, you know, whatever platform that you're on Mm -hmm. to manufacture that tension and, and, you know, Hey, move the dollars and cents, make the changes, all that stuff. Like that is an easy system to be taught. Like, I guess for me, it's an easy system for a lot of people. It's complicated. It's overwhelming. And it's cool. Like, boom, we, we put somebody in the account, but even thinking of like, Here's the here's the hook. Here's the creative. Here's the the big idea that we're leading with to get people's attention. Cause as I'm listening to you talk, talking about the social triggers, I'm like, oh shit, I didn't realize like some of those things were happening. But I'm also thinking about when I do run ads, like that's a way for me to manufacture that. Cause I'm not the best when it comes to the organic side of things.
0: Oh, I can and, teach you how to and, manufacture. And I know, ad. and I'm
1: and I'm gonna have to take you up on that. Because like that is like and I've used it to a degree as a crutch. I'm yeah. like, I'm so good at the paid side of things that I'll let the other side of things, but and then I look back at what I've done, especially building gyms. I'm like, God, oh, we did have parts of that, but it could have been so much better. But I'm able to create that trigger and get. That's why I love paid traffic. Is somebody can literally not have any idea who I am, and then all of a sudden, they're all over me. And then every single aspect of their life, they they see the ad, and then they go, like, Oh, my friend went there. Oh, I know somebody else in there. I'm seeing this. I see another ad. I see this. Now I got an email. What's going on? And then all of a sudden, from not having any idea who they were or who you were, to now becoming a client within 24, 72 hours, like it can happen that fast. And then I can, so I can create that virility through just throwing a couple of dollars in bills, but it doesn't matter. And it will just as much as pay traffic and help your business, it can destroy your business even faster. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a good experience on the back end.
0: What I love, what I laugh laughing people, they call me into scale, mm-hmm. like, Oh, I want to scale. I want to scale. I want to scale. And I was like, Okay, I was like, you just want to scale emotional abuse and think that it's going to lead to a bigger bank account. Yeah. Like people forget that like pay like this is my favorite thing. Alcohol amplifies who you really are. Mm -hmm. Right. Paid media amplifies who you really are. Oh, yeah. That's it. Oh, yeah. There's one of two ways. It's either going to help you or hurt you. Mm -hmm. And the problem that I see is most people gaslight Facebook and blame the ads. Mm hmm. It's never the ads. And it was never the ads when it was billboards. And it was never the ads when it was direct mail. It was never the ads when it was media or TV or radio. Stop fucking scapegoating the platforms. It's the people. And what everybody has to recognize is that what COVID did is COVID sped up filtration of humanity's bullshit about 15 Mm -hmm. years. Attention spans down, walls up higher. Mm -hmm. The amount of touch points required to even get them opened to feel seen, heard, and respected and safe is up five to ten times and literally the only strategy and tactic Mm -hmm. that works is consistent and congruent relationships like it's the only thing yeah you watch people right now that literally would dm their favorite person once a week for a year now they comment once don't get a response and they unfollow them yep right like that's the level Mm -hmm. where people are because there is one billion times more noise trying to get into yeah. their life than there is space for mm-hmm. it. and you have to earn the right to have a seat at that table you yeah. have to earn the right to own real estate mm-hmm. in somebody's home
1: i think that's such a good point of what you're saying is you have to earn the right and people feel as if they deserve it deserve it and they and and i think because i know we are getting close to the time we are we, we are no stop. we're wrapping and uh you know, so I think an open loop to leave on, and I think this is oh, yeah, we'll more do part important, especially with the increase of AI. And we haven't yes. even... I'm so curious to know your thoughts on Oh, let's on do AI. the next
0: episode on, like, yeah. this one, and then AI, and we'll do that one.
1: Because, like, AI is going to make your ability to have relationships even more important. Yep. Because it's going to replace a lot of stuff, but what people are going to be looking for is that personal touch is that relationship. And most people do, they feel as if, if I open a business, they should do this for me. It's like, you're not owed anything. And
0: so the two, the two Mm -hmm. things I want to hit on this and then we'll land the plane so we can both be on the, on the human thing, on the Mm chat GPT thing. I don't know how I knew this, but like from day one of me teaching customer journey, I said this like nine years ago, I said, The purpose of automation is to automate everything in between a human and human touch point. Yeah. And I'm like, at any decision point in a customer journey, Mm -hmm. it has to start and end with a human, but you automate everything in between. Yeah. That's how you scale. Mm -hmm. You automate the things that prevent you from being in relationships with people to buy more time to be in relationships with more people. Yes. That's what it looks like to scale a 10, 20, 50, 100 billion dollar business. Yep. It's how do we buy more time to f- be with more people mm-hmm. and get the rest of it off our plate? Yeah. So that's like a big, big, big one for me. Yeah. And like just really understanding that because ChatGPT and things like that, they'll never replace human. I actually asked chat GPT to tell me why it would be better at my ethos, my movement than me. And it ended with, I'll never be able to be you because i can't feel like you feel it it was i was like that's what the machine wants you to." and think i was about. like all right well i'm good because i'm not pissing it off i've yeah. been nice to alexa the whole time yeah i don't yell at her i don't gaslight <laughs> her sometimes i unplug her but i i think other people have been meaner so when she turns on like skynet's not coming for yeah me. i believe that to be true
1: <laughs> uh, let's keep believing it let's
0: just keep believing yes. it right but i i think i think it's important because The trap, and you fell into it, I fell into it, we all fall onto it, is like the moment something starts working and you're like, oh, I want to automate it, you automate the things that made it work. Mm -hmm. If you Mm -hmm. run a business, don't ever forget that the people that you're trying to get away from are the ones that are paying for the food on your table. (laughs) That's so true. And if you made your first money by being on calls with them and think you can get off calls with them and make the same amount of money, that's not how the game works. That's been the hardest part of this game for me. Is taking my own medicine. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like being here today on three hours and twenty seven minutes of sleep. Except I did. I'm fucking stoked. I yeah. would change this for the world. I would have been here sleepless and puking, <laughs> right? And I know that. But sometimes I just need those reminders. It's it's just it's so 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 important for me, for all of us to get this. Like at the end of the day, how somebody feels about you and around you and with you is the only thing that determines your success and their success mm-hmm. and there's nothing else underneath it mm-hmm. and i don't care which way you slice it you can tell me all that you don't care that your fans hate you or you don't care that you don't respond to their emails you don't care until i put all of them in a fucking auditorium and sit you on the stage and then tell me you don't care you don't care because you're hiding behind the keyboard that you gaslight other mm-hmm. people for beating you down you're just doing it differently there's no way to slice this. Nobody yeah. owes us anything. Nobody, just because I've spent 15 years obsessing about customer journey and you know me and know I'm the best in the world that it does not mean that I think in any fucking God-given chance that you want what I have or that you need it or I owe it to you. Mm-hmm. And everybody needs to get that. You have a life just like everybody else. And if you're listening to this, think about how hard it is to get you to subscribe to a YouTube channel or you to follow somebody on Instagram or entrepreneurs uh, that have podcasts, when's the last time you listened to somebody's podcast regularly, right? We get so quick to get on them, but yet we are them. Mm -hmm. And if we just thought about it like that for a minute and we're like, oh, I do the same thing. And you ask yourself, what does it take for me to subscribe to a podcast? What was the last thing that got me to buy? Mm -hmm. You take some time to sit with that And you will have every answer you need, but it has to start with understanding that just because you built the most beautiful home in the world, nobody gives a shit. Because Field of Dreams is bullshit. Mm -hmm. If you build it, they don't come. Kevin Costner lied to you.
1: I literally use that just about every single day with
0: people. I titled a podcast that Mm -hmm. like 200 episodes ago. (laughs) That was the title. Yeah. And I was like, what you missed is you tell them that you want to build a field and then you build it with them. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. And we have to remember that because everybody's competing for the same thing, which is attention and everybody's lives are happening just like ours. Mm-hmm. And yes, we know that we can help them, but if they can't even see that we exist, it's not going to matter. Yep. And so that entitlement has to go away because your content's most likely incredible. Your offer's most likely incredible. Everything inside the box is most likely incredible. But when it doesn't work, instead of changing the wrapping paper, you throw it out and then try to make a new box. And the wrapping paper is understanding who you are Mm -hmm. and who they are and what's going to get their attention. And the way that I do this, and I was like, I I did this at an event. I was like, all right, everybody, my five-year-old son, I'm going to put three Christmas presents under the tree, same one in each box. One, I'm going to put in like a vitamin bag. One, I'm going to put in a Paw Patrol one. And one, I'm going to put in like a toolbox. Mm -hmm. Which one's he going to open? And they're like the middle one. I'm like, great. If I put the other two there and didn't have that middle one and he didn't open any of them, does it make the toy inside any less valuable? That's powerful. And they're like, fuck. That's a good way to put it. And that's, that's what happens. Yeah. Right. Because what you do, marketing, sales, functions, those functions exist. Mm-hmm. Mastery is not trying to do 85 movements. It's understanding that it's squat, deadlifting and benching and mastery is doing them better mm-hmm. and more efficiently with more volume in more ways than everybody else not doing them 85 different movements that's what it is yeah and so i think it's important and it validates a lot of what you said and everything in this experience and all of it so i will do round three probably round four and five well luckily you're up the street so right around the corner um yeah god so uh first like I know there's going to be people that want to see what you do mm-hmm. where can they go check some of this out what's the academy that you said earlier
1: uh so the consulting company is gym academy gym academy yep so they can find wherever you'll see my ads yeah. probably if you're listening to this now all of a sudden you're going to start seeing my ads you will uh or just follow me or message me on instagram at i am bob thompson
0: i am bob thompson so yeah so uh any closing
1: thoughts today was a good one it was super good i could continue jamming even more on we can even get because we we actually spent a little bit more time on sales we did I'd love to jam more on marketing, marketing and how too many people think too many people do think that it's there's paid ways and there's organic ways and there's ways where they're actually a lot more similar than people realize.
0: All right. So we'll, we'll have to, we'll schedule episode three and episode mm. three will be marketing. Let's do it. Let's do it. We'll do it. Always an honor. Yes, always a pleasure. For, me. Uh, for everybody listening. Um, I feel really validated after this episode. <laughs> 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 uh, and I'm, I'm saying that facetiously, but, but seriously, take this into account. The framework you have is genius. Everybody, I think, should write that down as, like, guiding principles. You know, take something from this episode. Like, look at a process. Look at where you're sending DMs. Look at where you're actively spending your time in your life and your business and leave it. But then think about this conversation. What's happening when they're done? How can you enhance that experience? What can you change? You win in this game when you just take what you heard today, go into your life where it's already happening, and make adjustments as you find them. Mm -hmm. Don't empty out the pantry and go spend $1,000 at the grocery store. Uh Uh-uh. Just start by grabbing the one thing that you like and stocking it back up. And But I will say this more importantly, you'll hear it here. He'll validate it. It only works if you do. And at the end of the day, there's an unlimited pool of people that are waiting to build your business with you, to be in your community. But it is going to require that you understand in depth what Bob shared today, like those principles and that framework. The understanding where they are, the unattachment, the being really integrous and honest, using the five steps, the acknowledge, prepare, project, pre-handle, excite. Like I watched him do it on a sales call, being more interested in how she felt than how he felt, being willing to say it's not a good fit. Like all of this is like a Bible of like what it actually looks to have relationship speed algorithms in a market and in an industry that by nature is one of the most transactional Mm -hmm. shitty markets in the world. Which I wonder why Bob's so successful when people feel like this in that world and yeah. then they stick around and bring other people back. And so I'm saying this so you understand the importance. So really heed this, take this, put it into the business. We will be back for three and probably seven, eight, 10, whatever. Well, we're, a bunch of them. we're neighbors. So it's mm-hmm. really, really easy. So uh, without further ado, we're going to end the show. Unless you get back to it, thank you for being here. This has been another episode of The Mind of George. So we'll either see you in the next episode or you will hear me in your earballs. But either way, we're out. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Mind of George Show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television.